Welcome to Two Dudes, One Movie Podcast, the podcast where two dudes dive into cinematic masterpieces from a different decade each week. From black and white classics to modern day blockbusters, we'll be covering it all. This year, we've been waiting for old Saint Nick. And for our Christmas spectacular this year, Saint Nick comes down the chimney to us with a delightful pick. His origin story. Rick, we're talking Klaus. By the way, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Pork. Isn't this, it's just, I, I feel so festive. I've got my Santa hat on right now. Just uh, got my little sweater on. It's just Christmas, 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 Rick. I got my sweater on too. I'm, I'm sick right now. It's, what's more, it's like winter, Pork. It's, what's more than being sick? Rick, this is the ultimate Christmas podcast because we associate all things into it, including illness. It's true. So if I sound like Darth Vader in the background during this podcast, just let it be. How was that? Was that pretty good? I, I couldn't even hear you breathe. Does oh, the mic? Does does the mic somehow <laughs> cut out breathing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dude, Maybe. look at these mics, Park. These mics were these hardcore. Mics are incredible. Let's go. It's time for the recap, Park. Rick, Shall we I want I need to know a little recap from this movie, Klaus. Well, here it is. There might be some typos. We're going to see if I can hit it all in one shot. Are we ready? Hit it. We've had origin stories in the media forever, Park. Spider-Man, Iron Man, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Joker, and even McDonald's. It is obvious that we were only missing one thing. Santa Claus or Santa Claus. A movie you find while randomly scrolling on Netflix because they decided not to market it as they were saving up for the real-life Squid Games marketing. Klaus is the story of a mailman. Klaus is about reinventing the Americanized coke-snorting red jolly man into a sad hopeless man in a hopeless world. This is the story park of Christmas spirit. Wow. Rick, that was great. You know, before we started this, you were like, oh shoot, I don't have a recap, and you had to come up with it on the spot, but sometimes you come up with some of your best recaps on the spot. It's true. I feel like, I feel like the ones that I really think about, I get into writer's block so fast, and then I'm just... It's not good, Park, but, you know, right off the dome, sometimes it works. I appreciate all the origin shout-outs, too. Spider-Man, Iron Man, Planet of the Apes, even McDonald's. McDonald's, that's a, the founder is the movie, it's, specifically. It's, it's, a great, yeah, it's a great origin story. I watched that movie when I was stuck in the Reno, Nevada airport for t- 10 or 12 hours because my flight kept getting delayed. And for those of you who have been in the Reno, Nevada airport, there's not that many restaurants, and one of the only restaurants that was open all day was their McDonald's. So I ate McDonald's for lunch and dinner while w- in between watching the McDonald's movie. Did you order something different or did you order the same, <laughs> same thing? The exact same <laughs> thing, Rick. <laughs> Two McChickens, no lettuce, a fry, and a large Coke. Didn't even splurge, Park. You just were on the dollar menu? Rick, yeah. I was I was in college still at this time. Do they also, even have dollar it, menus at airports? No, I don't think they did. Which actually surprises me, come to think about it. Because normally airport McDonald's don't have like a full menu, but I very specifically remember getting McChickens. Hmm. Park, sometimes, somehow like being all cozy locked in an airport for 12 hours, that's that's like Christmas to me. I don't know why. <laughs> that is, feels, hey, feels yeah, like getting, getting snowed into your airport, that's a, that is a Christmas vibe for a lot of folks out there. It really is. We're bringing all of the elements into this podcast today. What's that, mo- what's that Christmas movie of like literally kids that were in an airport? 
I don't know. I completely forget what it was called. We'll think about it during the time of this podcast. I'll show or if one of our listeners out there is aware, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear what we are forgetting. Well, Park, this is enough dilly-dallying. It's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now that's next. Let's do it. I do have to say, though, Rick, isn't isn't Christmas about the dilly-dallying? And the gallivanting? Do you think it's about the gallivanting, too? Yeah, of course. I think so. I I don't think you should should be upset with us for dilly dallying. Heck, I hearken it, Rick. I hearken it. You hearken the dilly dallying. <laughs> hearken the dilly dallying. But you're right, park. Rick. Why don't you go ahead and give us your goods first? Well, here we go, Park. I I did not write extensive notes. I I feel like I say this every single time, but today especially. Because I was focused all of our prep time into my little intro. Animation has to be the first note. I feel like whether you hate the movie or like the movie or anything like that, the animation is absolutely stunning. Um, I didn't even write it down. J.K. Simmons is absolutely stunning in this movie. Even though it's it's his voice is stunning. <laughs> yeah. But he is uh, a person. But he is also stunning. He is also stunning. Um, I absolutely, and I feel like weirdly the ending, um, so first of all, I feel like you you make a good movie if you like Google the movie title Reddit and all of the Reddit discussions are the only problem I have with blank. Then you know you made a good movie because like Reddit's gonna they're gonna pick issues in anything. So literally, I feel like I Googled that and there was like eight of them. That was the only issue I had with Klaus, and they're all like random little issues. But the ending came up a lot, and I was like, dang, I like really like the ending. Um, I think the ending ties it together. A lot of people don't like it because. Klaus, I guess, in a way, people see it as it's a very like secular origin story for Christmas, and they don't like how the ending gives this nuance of magic, which I think magic is sprinkled out the entire time, so I disagree. I think the ending ties it to get together emotionally. I think the perfect movie is ones that can make you feel all the emotions, and, I, and you really kind of feel this like hint of joy and sadness at the same time with the very like delivery of the last line i think the la- and just everything about it mm-hmm. so love that park uh, i think the character arcs throughout the movie especially jesper is is like wonderfully written like has to be some of the best in animated movies yeah no i totally agree with with everything you're saying there i kind of fall on the the ending side a little bit uh with the redditors but not the the end but more or less the very very end the final shot just feels very anticlimactic where it's just kind of like a medium close-up on jesper where he says his line which i think the line is great but i would have loved a little visual pizzazz at the end of maybe like you know claus's feet come down the chimney or something like that some some sort of extra visual tease instead of just a media a bland medium close-up fade to black into movie Uh, i can see that too but but overall, I, I still enjoyed the end, and I agree with you with the magic. I think it is sprinkled throughout the entirety of the film. Although it it is, quote-unquote, still a very grounded film for the most part, even though the, the town itself is over-the-top and cartoonish in, in its portrayal, but the reality and laws of that govern our world govern that world as well, so... Alas, let me stop elaborating on your goods and share my goods, Rick. Give it to me. Because it's Christmas and we're all about the good goods. So, 
first and foremost, like you said, the animation. I love that it's not the generic Pixar look, and it's a win for all of us 2D animated lovers out there that just love 2D animation. This film, although it looks three-dimensional, is actually a 2D film, and it's the way that they were able to animate on top of the drawings that gives it that little bit of extra pop and dimension, but this in itself is really a 2D film, and I just love 2D animation. It's a lost art. It's something that you just don't see in the mainstream that much nowadays, and um, whenever I get a chance to watch a 2D film, I, I get really excited about that, so love that. I also just love the incorporation of the Santa lore into this story. I just think it's humorous. It's clever. Uh, you know, all the little aspects of like, why does he have reindeer? And why is it that they fly? And, you know, why do he, how does he know if you're going to be good or night, good or bad? And just all, all of these little things, they really like encompass and sprinkle into the story to make sense and and it works and flows really well so i love the lore and the incorporation of that into the story in a very natural and organic way um which kind of goes directly into my next uh good which is the world building animation has such a unique opportunity to really create these fascinating vibrant unique worlds that you can only do so much of in live action And this film does a fantastic job in the town, the island that it creates. It's uh, over the top. It's beautiful. It's gray and gross looking. It's just a mix. And it's such a fun setting to place yourself into. And so I absolutely loved that the world that they created throughout this film. Uh, And then, like you said, the character arc specifically Jesper's character arc just had a a phenomenal arc. Um, Nothing too super complex or over the top, but it's very kind of in a lot of ways relatable, especially in today's day and age with the youth. And I'm talking like I'm some boomer, Rick, but just the youth and how this, this level of entitlement and everything being handed to you and I just it really resonated with me, so I, I really loved the arc, and I think it encompasses a lot of what at least the secular holiday is all about, um, of good good charity, um, goodwill, all of that that fun stuff. So, a uh, lot of good in this film. This was a fantastic film. Easily could have been best picture of the year. It was nominated. I love it. It's I, honestly it, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies and one that I try to watch every year now since it's come out. It's a great movie, Pork. It is. It is. If you haven't seen this movie, you really need to watch it. It's on Netflix. If you don't have a Netflix account, just sign up for like a week or something and just give it a give it a watch. But like all movies, even if they're good, Pork, we got some bads. There, there are, I suppose. I really struggled, Rick. I, know, I sat there. It's like I'm grabbing air. I feel like for me, this isn't even necessarily a bad as it is a nitpick observation that kind of grew into a bad, I guess. And since I'm rambling, I guess I will just share my bad first. It's the bribery of the presence. And it's not even that aspect of the film itself, but it's it's the lack of 
of growth, I think, from the townspeople because the catalyst for the change and good heartedness of the town comes from the children getting presents, but they're told they're only going to get presents if they behave and they act good and nice, which has a you know snowball effect on the rest of the town. But they're never faced with the challenge of not receiving their gifts. And so the message that really is being told is, okay, just bribe your kids and they'll be, they'll be good. Uh, which is again, though, like not to say I don't enjoy the film, not to say that it doesn't work for me at all, but it's something I, I thought about something that was pointed out to me and, and I noticed, and I, I at least had to, to make note of in this podcast. The true act of goodwill always sparks another park. That was the message. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bad for you. A very serious one. Hit me with it. Just as Barbie dolls set an unrealistic standard for girls, right? Just as action figures set an unrealistic standard for boys. I think this movie sets an unrealistic standard for simple toys. Park, that frog, the first toy that was given, he wound up that little thing and he was jumping all over the room. It was crazy. It was like his best friend. It's true. I don't think it came with batteries, Rick. I don't think it, it was a wooden toy. How, I don't know how that happened, how that works. That's the magic element of the film. I guess so. Even like it, with batteries, I don't think anyone can make that exact. That frog had some feeling and happiness. It was incredible. Motion sensor detection. It was able to figure out where the walls in the room were. Like It was more alive than an actual frog. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's, that's that's my bad part, guys. I want good toys. I'm I'm 27, I think. I need it's I need a good toys park. Wow, Craig, I think you're 26, by the way. I'm 27. I'm 26. I'm 27. Huh. I think I am 26. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just got a younger okay. park. It's a great day. You just got it's younger. A, it's a yeah, Christmas congratulations. Miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. You're a year younger, Rick. I know. That's uh, that's insane, Park. Well, I'm going to move to my ugly. Um, <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, I wrote eventually, I have no ugly at all. Then I was like, I actually have one. I feel like I had to write something. Uh, the pop song is a little out of place for me. And I guess, like, I have to nitpick. Because in the end, like, you got to watch movies for what they really are. Like, this is a kid's movie. Like, it's a family movie. Right? Yeah. So like, I can't really nitpick this, but the the like the pop song felt like it just kind of comes out of nowhere. I feel like this is like a very like folky like folk tale like legend that they're tales telling, and then we just get this like little pop song that they're trying to sneak into the the top ten. No, I actually agree with you on that. I wouldn't necessarily put it in an ugly, maybe in the bad category. Yeah, I I think it is very tonally different than the rest of the movie and it does feel a little out of place so i i agree with you on that for sure i should have switched my bad and ugly you i think should, I, but that's I realized, okay. i'm sorry that's okay we forgive you on christmas oh thank you park well, anyways you know rick i didn't think too long and hard about this but i ended up writing that there is no ugly at christmas rick there is no ugly on christmas there is no ugly christmas i guess you're right park Therefore, this category is insufficient on this day. 
I suppose. Just delete it from the notes, Spark. Why is it even here? Just delete it. Get rid of it. Get rid of ugliness. Put joy in there instead. Joy. What is the joy? <laughs> the good, the bad, and the joy. <laughs> I don't know what I would write there. Smearinsburg. It's a great name. Smearinsburg. I couldn't remember the name of the town, but that is a great name. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're going to do something a little different. I'm going to read my new American novel. Uh, <laughs> no. I actually was doing a little research online, and I thought it would be a lot of fun to... T- to talk about the history of Christmas. I'm excited. Give it to me, Park. Well, Rick, obviously, obviously, first and foremost, Jesus, Rick. That's where a lot of this Christmas holiday originates from. But there's even more history behind it than that, Rick. And I'm really excited to get into this. So even before Jesus, there were many countries and many cultures that tended to host celebrations around the end of the year around the winter solstice um, having to slaughter cattle for winter and consequently feasting on the meats and and therefore so there's been a lot of pagan holidays and traditions that take place during this time of year but if you specifically want to get to christmas the church the catholic church did not implement christmas in the celebration of jesus's birth until the fourth century rick Isn't that interesting? Fourth. And here's the thing, Rick. Here's a little spoiler for you. Jesus, they don't actually know when Jesus was born, but they tend to think it's probably not in the wintertime because why would shepherds be watching their flock in the middle of winter outside? So why why do we celebrate on December 25th, Rick? Can I guess? (laughs) Sure. Do you you have an answer or are you just asking me this? Uh, maybe I have an answer. I do okay. want to hear your guess now. Um, I think we celebrate it because, gosh, I can't pull any, I'm just, Park, I'm <laughs> being sick and tired. I just lose all of my it's sarcasm. All right, Rick. I just pull out of my butt. I, this sucks. I got a good answer for you. Oh, I guess it, you gotta give it to me, Park. It was an attempt to adopt and absorb some of the traditions of the pagan festival. I guess there's a pagan Saturnalia festival that went on, and they were trying to kind of absorb those traditions and eventually kind of push paganism out of the spotlight, Rick. Yeah, get out of here. And also because there are so many festivities and celebrations at the end of the year, they thought it would be easier to latch the general public to consume this holiday and this celebration if they put it at this time of year specifically consuming and absorbing you know like santa consumes cookies i've got a little more and and the more i dug into this the more fascinating it was And, and here's something that really shocked me christmas was celebrated much much differently back in the day all the way back to european celebration and all that stuff so on christmas Believers attended church, but after they attended church, they then celebrated rakishly in a drunken carnival-like atmosphere similar to today's Mardi Gras. Wait, how how do you celebrate Christmas? That's <laughs> I guess I guess actually it hasn't changed too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how it still goes for most folks. Excuse me, I'm sorry. 
but no, Rick, how something that they would do is each year a beggar or a student would be crowned the Lord of Misrule. And eager celebrants played the part of his subjects. The poor would go to the houses of the rich and demand their best food and drink. If owners failed to comply, their visitors would most likely terrorize them with mischief. I feel like the Lord of Misrule needs to be, you know, how like the NFL draft has the, um, what's Mr. the last Relevant. Book? Yeah, Mr. Relevant. I feel like they need a Lord of Misrule to be. To be Rick, they did. They used to have a Lord of Misrule. We got rid of it, though. We should totally bring the Lord of Misrule back, though. I guess for the NFL draft, it would be like the, it would be like the athlete who had like all these drug charges on them throughout college. That's fair. I think for Christmas, though, it should just be the person who's the rowdiest at Christmas. I love that. We definitely should bring it back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start bringing it back to modern day now here a little bit. So let's let's get to America because that's where we're from. We're from America. We care about America. We don't care about the rest of the world. Isn't that right? That, that's how Americans think, Fork. Well, Rick, when the Puritans and the Pilgrims came over to America, they actually did not celebrate Christmas. They were pretty staunch against it. And after the American Revolution, English customs fell out of favor for pretty good reasons. But that included Christmas. And Christmas wasn't declared a federal holiday in America until June 26, 1870, almost 100 years after our country had been uh, formed. It's like 100 years of sadness. 100 years of sadness, indeed. Eventually, shortly after that, America tried to reinvent Christmas from the party riot holiday that it had been known for up to that point to a more wholesome and family-centric holiday. And one of the major catalysts for helping with that actually is what we all know as a beloved Christmas story, a Christmas carol. Isn't that interesting, Rick? A Christmas carol. The the heartwarming and the good nature of that story was kind of implemented into the Christmas holiday because of that story. Gosh, it all all goes back to a Christmas carol. It Actually, as, as you spelled a Christmas carol. Oof. Rick, calling out call it, calling out my notes. Jeez Louise. Mark, I just love that you have you have two th- you have two misspellings of Christmas. And I love them both. Uh, uh we have we have Christmas or Christmas, if you will. <laughs> And then we have Christmas. <laughs> I like Christmas more. Um, well, Rick, let me let me just get to the the big round and out point because here's my big finale. We all want to know about Santa Claus. How did it come to be? Who invented Santa Claus, Rick? Well, I'm going to give you a little history on Santa Claus right now. The legend of Santa Claus can be traced back to a monk named Saint Nicholas who was born in Turkey around. 280 AD. St. Nicholas gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled the countryside helping the poor and sick, becoming known as the protector of children and sailors, Rick. Sailors needed protection? I guess so. as the kids? I guess so, yeah. Look out for your your local sailor this upcoming Christmas season. Look out for your fellow seamen, the Navy. (laughs) Yes. We're we're looking at you, Dr. Reverend Luke Prescott. He's... This is full name dropped him. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
Sorry. Sorry about that. Don't all of our creeps out there that listen, don't go Google search him. Anyways, as I'll continue, St. Nicholas first entered American pop culture in the late 18th century in New York when Dutch families gathered to honor the anniversary of the death of St. Nicholas. Uh, In 1822, Episcopal minister Clement Clark Moore wrote a Christmas poem called An Account of the Visit from St. Nicholas, more popular known today by its first line, "'Twas the night before Christmas." The poem depicted St. Nicholas as a jolly man who flies from home to home on a sled driven by reindeer to deliver toys. The iconic version of Santa Claus as a jolly man in a red with a white beard and sack of toys was immortalized in 1881 when political cartoonist Thomas Nash drew on Moore's poem to create the image of old St. Nick we know today. And Rick, that's the origin of Santa Claus. Even before Coca-Cola popularized and secularized him to a massive degree. It's pretty much the movie that we're talking about is what you're telling me. Pretty much. Yeah. Crazy how that works. Yeah, crazy how accurate they are. Then there you go, Rick. Can we talk about quickly of how mailmen I feel like they like run the world? Yeah. I've <laughs> I just I feel like like the postal service is not like a lucrative money making business. I mean, I guess it can be to an extent, but like it looks like the beginning looks like, it's like they the look like 1930s, the king. Oh, I was gonna say it's like 1930s Germany. They're ready to put their outposts and take over countries. <laughs> well, that's just how the that's just how the postmen roll, Rick. That's true. I mean, in a way, didn't Jesper kind of take over the country he went to? That is true, Park. That's this is getting really dark. <laughs> is it Nazis or is it Christmas? Gosh. They're not rewriting Christmas. They're they're rewriting Germany. The world. <laughs> oh, Jeez, getting... We're getting dicey. We're getting dicey on Christmas. Good thing there's no ugliness on Christmas, Rick, or this would be a pretty ugly part of our conversation. Rick, before we dig ourselves in a bigger hole and get canceled, why don't we move on to our next segment, which I like to call Christmas Movie or Not. Give it to me, Park. Rick, this is a wonderful segment where I have a list of five different movies, and we have to determine whether they are actually Christmas movies or not. So the first movie that we have on this list, and you brought it up earlier, and asked me this question. Iron Man 3. Is Iron Man 3 a Christmas movie? Easily, Pork. Easily. Uh, I'd have to agree as well. It kind of it kind of has that Christmas feel to it. The whole story kind of revolves around that holiday as well. I also feel like there's... I feel like if you have like a checklist for like what does a Christmas movie need, I feel like you can, you can kind of hit those points, you know? Yeah, it's it's basically the same movie as Home Alone. <laughs> that is true. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing, right? Parker, I'm going to ask you the next one because I've never actually seen this movie. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Park that is Braveheart. Is Braveheart a Christmas movie? I don't think Braveheart is a Christmas movie, and I'll I'll tell you why is because I just am now realizing that I should not have written Braveheart but Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> in the spot there. <laughs> I don't think there's any correlation to Christmas in Braveheart. I was like, I've never watched it, but I was trying to think of like, what am I, what do they do in this movie that celebrates Christmas? <laughs> no. I also love how that's the one I stole from you because you probably would have fixed it. <laughs> Ooh. Now, uh, that's a little embarrassing for me, but uh, I guess we can still answer it. No, I don't think Braveheart. <laughs> I've never seen him. I don't think it is either. <laughs> Unless you can, I would love if any of our listeners could create a compelling argument for why Braveheart actually is a Christmas movie. We're all listening now. We're all ears on that one. Rick, why don't we talk about Die Hard as our alternate number two pick right there? Well, Park, that's the that's the heated debate that happens every single year, and very and a lot of overused jokes at this point. I feel like I see it every. I see I saw it on a billboard like outside my apartment complex. Yeah, so I thought it'd be great if we spent twenty seconds deciding. Uh, my, I'll give you it in two seconds. Yes. No. It's quicker than two seconds. No, Park. No, Rick. Oof. But we're not debating today because it's Christmas, so we have to move on. Yeah, we were like, we have to move on. Well, we have Rocky. Rick, no question about it. I watched this movie this past weekend. No question about it. Absolutely is a Christmas movie. How are you giving Rocky a Christmas movie? <laughs> okay, Pork. Um, I'm just going to, just because we're not debating, I'm going to say no. You can't just say, you can't just choose the opposing side. Rick, this is very clearly a Christmas movie. The fight takes place around Christmas. There's snow. It's cold. It's about all, all of the this great happens. uplifting things that all make you feel. Die hard. It's snow. A fight takes place at Christmas. <laughs> He's crawling in a vent like a chimney. Park. I don't even know what to say to you. I'm going to oppose Rocky because that's close to your heart, so... I know. If you oppose Die Hard, even though bah humbug, Rick. Bah humbug. Okay, let's calm down. <laughs> um, well, this is obviously a Christmas movie. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I would, I would actually say no because it's only such a small part of the film. I disagree. Wizards are a huge part of Christmas in my life. Wizards. If it wasn't for Saint Nick, wizards would be all over the place for Christmas. That's that's true. <laughs> One could argue that Saint Nick. Is a wizard in modern secular Christmas. That is true. I guess he, I suppose he... He's got magic going on in this movie we just watched. I guess the Santa of the wizarding world of Harry Potter, quick Universal Studios plug, is probably, is definitely a wizard, right? Do you yeah. think he's, do you think he's beloved? He's like I'm a beloved sh- wizard. How can you not be? Rick, I got another one I want to add in that's not on the list, but I, I just thought of and would be interesting to hear your opinion the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I feel like if I give it to Harry Potter, I have to give it to that. For some reason, I just feel like if, if it's a movie that like everyone wants to watch at Christmas time, I'm going to give it to you as a Christmas movie too. But also, it literally has Santa in it. That's true. So I think that's what puts it over the edge for me. Where it's similar to Harry Potter in the sense that it's just kind of in the middle and it's a short sort of sequence the fact that santa claus is actually in it elevates it to that christmas movie status can santa exist in a movie without being a christmas movie yeah i think so but i think if if santa is in a movie it instantly makes it a christmas movie no matter what it is Hmm. because santa's not in rocky 
but Rocky is a Christmas movie. No, it's not, Park. We can debate this at a later time next year, but it's not. Catch me if you can. I don't like. I've seen that movie. Do there's is Christmas in this movie? Yeah, Rick. He gets caught on Christmas. That's the that's the only thing. I think there's a couple. They they talk on multiple Christmases though. There's like three or four Christmases in that movie, and I think that makes it a Christmas film because if if you can have multiple Christmases in your movie, that makes it Christmas movie. I'm going to go with yes, because I believe that if you really want a movie to be a Christmas movie, it can, unless it's Rocky. Also, if like somebody in your movie yells, Merry Christmas to someone, how can you argue that it's not a Christmas movie? Unless it's Rocky. <laughs> Fight me, Rick. That was a great little list that you gave us there. Thank you. Well, we don't have a closing activity because... The only activity you should be doing on Christmas is opening presents. And- you're, you're spot on. I felt like it wouldn't be right to have a fun activity because nothing's going to be more fun than spending a beautiful Christmas day with your family and friends. Oh, man. Rick, would you pass or recommend this film? This is an easy recommend, Park. Good. Good, good, good. It's an easy recommend for me as well. This is has all of the beauty to become a modern Christmas classic. The unfortunate thing is behind a paywall on Netflix. <laughs> well, all movies are really behind paywalls, aren't they? I guess that's fair. That's why I buy physical media. Mark, I have a closing remark. Remark. Uh, I guess it's a question, if you will. Okay. Is okay. this the best property? I won't go property. I'll go movie because they've made really good shows. This is the best movie that Netflix has made. Should we get a list real quick? I can't think of like anything off the top of my head, but no. I mean, there's so many fantastic films that Netflix has put out in recent years. They've really tried to invest in some of their high-quality, award-winning films. And so, no, it's not. I could say this is probably the best animated film Netflix has ever put out. That's not super hard, though. They put out some bad ones. There's a couple of really, really good ones, too, though. I feel like I could somehow get myself to throw it into a top seven. I'll give it, I'll throw it in there. Rick, next Christmas we'll have to watch my Netflix film that I worked on, A Family Affair. It was supposed to be out this holiday season, but it got pushed back to 2024. But it takes place during Christmas time. We'll have to do it, Park. That'll be, that has to be our next movie. It'll be great because I can give all of the behind the scenes scoop on everything. That's true. Got to hang out with Don Burgess, DP of Forrest Gump, Castaway, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man. He was like a goat in my eyes. I've never heard of him in my life. Well, you might not have heard of him, but you've heard of his work. Well, Park, we'll wrap it up now. Um, We have nothing else. (laughs) Rick, why don't you, do you want to close us out? I don't know how to. I'm not a closer, Park. I'm a Rick. I'm an opener. You're an opener. I don't, Rick, know, I, I don't know how to close. I, I thought I, I opened bad, this too, though. Bad lawyer. All right, here. I'll close it. I'll close it for us. Don't worry. Thank you. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This has been Two Dudes, One Movie Podcast, the podcast where two dudes dive into cinematic masterpieces from a different decade each week. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. See you all in the new year. For season two of Two Dudes, One Movie Podcast, we got an exciting genre on the horizon for you all. Uh, Rick, 
you and your family have a Merry Christmas as well. Or you and yours as well. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go hang out under a mistletoe. Merry Christmas.